snap two chain Off who neck not mine, ain't no point to try em. They not out, plus the police hot Ain't no point to slime They be talking from the internet They don't be outside, hit the six Call Dada out, tell them about the lick We need tape, we need open phones Don't forget the blitz Free Dirk, yo He didn't do it He didn't do it <laughs> This is the Last Word Podcast I'm Steve Artabello I'm Ashley Lepo And for the basketball portion of this podcast Nick Hudson Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah uh. Thank you for having me, boys. What up, buddy? Oh, it's always nice to have you here. Always, always. Let's go, Raptors. Let's, Let's go, Raptors. Raptors. Steven's not sharing. <laughs> Steven's clearly a, a I, Golden what? State fan. I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking with him. What the about to happen here? Uh, we are the Last Word Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Music. Spotify. Actually, there will be no iTunes very soon. They are canceling that so shit. Apple. So Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, all the, the great places you era, get man. your podcasts. I know. It's been a while. Mm. All I remember is just like, it's just, iTunes I, was everything. But LimeWire and FrostWire was everything. Oh, oh. AIDS trying to download <laughs> Soldier Boy. Fuse back, or Fuse back in the day where I torrented everything. I love torrents. Now I, well, I, I never torrented any. Now, just in case, allegedly. What? allegedly. Nothing. What? Sorry. Allegedly. Huh? Who said that? Oh. Who said that? I don't know. Someone just walked into here, came and started talking about some. Yeah. Tor- I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but like we talked about, we're gonna kick this thing off with the basketball section of the podcast. We will get right into it. Mm-hmm. Raptors, Golden State. Since we have Nick here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Thoughts? Yo, we played really good defense, but we couldn't buy a bucket. Like that fourth quarter. Well, the no third, one was... the third into the fourth, no one seemed to be able to shoot. Nobody wanted to. Oh, no one wanted. Well, not it. It when I say like no one, I mean no Raptors were. Yeah. Like halftime, they just like turned up with like Ron Artest and the Hennessy. <laughs> <down, like, laughs> Metal World Peace or something. Metal World Peace out in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, and came like, with Obama. They flew mm-hmm. in. <laughs> and you know when Barry's in the building, Steph Curry's going to go off. It's like that light skin synergy. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so like you got to go hard when you're coming in, but the man didn't do that. Well, Barack's not invited anymore. Yeah, no, he's a great guy, but he's no, not invited whoa, whoa, anymore. I don't Sorry, go that far, but that's a whole nother topic. But Barack Obama, yeah, no, no, we love Barack. Come. Y'all love Barack. I don't, but okay. Uh, I'm gonna say we just got to come out and at least like take one back in Oakland, and like we'll be okay. Well, a split in Oakland would be huge. It would be big. It would be big time to get a, a split in Oakland for the Raptors after. You know, the split at home. And it seems to, you know, Raptors won a game one for the first time. What? It's like, it like the third time winning a game one. The, they they the won Philly game series. one against Philly. And before that, basically that it. was, I think, Miami? Maybe. I'm pretty sure it was Miami. I think you're right, because they came out in that first game, and I remember JV eating white-sized lunch and me being like, what? Yeah. What? This is so, a thing? So, for you know, for a team that typically – and you would have to expect that – Golden State was going to push back hard, try mm-hmm. to try to get something because you know they know they're ch- they're a champion. They've been through the ups and the downs, the fights, the everything. So they know what it takes to be a champion. And they came out and they managed to steal a win in Toronto, which is huge for them. And if you know going back home now, they're a little they get home depleted is- though. Well, that's the thing. So they get home court back with that win, but Kevon Looney's done for the series. Clay Thompson's questionable with a hamstring injury. They're saying and we don't know what's good, up with Kevin but Durant. They've been lying about Kevin Durant so much. Well, there's also the fact that like Clay Clay has played through 
injuries in the past. Like, he played through a high ankle sprain basically the entire playoffs last year, and that's just something, like, you do not do. Football players, these are guys that break their leg and play through the broken leg weren't even playing through high ankle sprains. And Clay did that and won a championship. Mm -hmm. I think the difference here, though, hamstring injury, a muscle injury like that, yeah, you can play through the pain until it tears. Exactly. You're like, you're running a tightrope. That's why I don't think even they're bringing back Kevin Durant. They keep pushing back his, because he got hurt way back when they were facing Houston. Yep. And it's like, okay, in two games, he'll come back. Two games later, two games, he'll come back. And they keep pushing it, pushing it. They initially I think said, they're trying to mess with our heads tr- so that we try and organize or spend our time thinking about Kevin Durant because he commands yeah. so much attention. Oh, it's the, ga- it's the gambling line. They want to keep that, that aura. He's bluffing okay, us. Maybe we can, you know, maybe we can keep them going. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, Kevin Durant's injury should be a playoff over injury. Done. Well, that's the thing. If we to knew what it was, but Golden State. <laughs> if we knew what it was, though, because at first they said it was a mild calf strain. Yeah, Kevin Durant's had that two other times with the Warriors. Both of those times, he missed exactly seven days. Yeah, they admitted that they misdiagnosed this one, and then they stopped talking about it. Yeah, they're lying to us. So something I I. I like from all the reports you get, they're so mixed that I don't think anyone really knows what's going on. I think it's one of those maybe he's okay. Like it's it's a quite literally at this point a day to day. How does he feel today? Is he feel fine enough to go on the but court? But even cool. if like he hasn't been, has he been practicing? Has he been That's keeping up his he cardio? Just started, has he just been chilling? It's like, a leg injury. He can't keep up his cardio. Exactly. So it's he's not going right? to be able to come in like full game speed for the finals. Well. Mind you, DeMarcus Cousins did it. Well, no, but I was actually, (laughs) speaking of Boogie, Boogie running up and down the court looks like me running up and down the court. Like, you can tell he hasn't done cardio in about a month. He was a big fella to begin with when he was in shape. For a guy who, when he was in shape, wasn't the fastest, like the fleetest of foot, to have come off another leg injury, also after coming off the Achilles. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a lot for him to deal with. And also, I'd like to point out, I don't understand why they didn't continue to try and run it down Boogie's throat while he was on the floor. Because if I could see that he was struggling to run, I should hope Nick Nurse would see that. Nick Nurse, I feel, was holding down that timeout way too long. Like, he let the other team drop 17 points. By, like, 10, I'm calling it. Just to be like, hey, everyone, we got to get our stuff together right here. Especially coming out of the half. Yeah, because you know they're going to come out gunning. Two-time champs, you're down by, like, what was it, nine at halftime? Down nine. Yeah, Yeah, so you know they're going to come out guns blazing, fire and lightning, and we just rolled over and took it. Now they did did make a nice little comeback near the end where they finally started making shots, and Kawhi, God bless him. clamps, too. That's the thing. Well, Well, and the thing is you're looking at Kawhi, and something's not right. Like, the knee seems to be bugging him again because... Did you guys watch him take a jump shot? It didn't look like he got more than about a half inch off the ground. Like he yeah, was trying it real to not flat. Move. Even the shot yeah. itself, they're looking like his his jump shot normally doesn't have too much arc. You got like the Kobe thing going on. Yeah. Just backspin that the old bitch school Derek and Rose. roll it in. But uh, yeah, no. At this point in time, everyone's hurt. But you really have to like rely on getting rebounds and don't give up that third quarter. Yeah. You know the two time champs are gonna just yeah. come out with like another mentality because they've been there and done that. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think the Raptors need to focus more on probably less trying to be a perfect basketball team for four quarters and more on the execution of everything, making mm-hmm. sure everything is crisp, clean, 
You're making sure all your passes are on the money. There's no turnovers when you you know when you have a chance after they've missed a bucket. You want to go down. You want to make sure that you're burying. You get them. a bucket. You know you don't want to turn the ball over. You catch them on a turnover. How many times in that game too did the Raptors create their own create a turnover and then all of a sudden they go down and they turn the ball over? Yeah, themselves. or they give up a layup to try and jack a three and then they brick the three. Yeah, yeah. It's like stop playing Golden State's game. That's why they call it Golden State's game. Yeah. Say la vie. The, the only encouraging thing about the whole thing, and it's still frustrating because, like, there's a couple of points you can hit to where during that 18-0 run, if you just hit a shot, if you break it up, maybe you've called a timeout mm-hmm. earlier. That's really what lost the game right there. Is that 18-0 run yeah. right there was the end Kyle of... Kyle Lowry falling out. What was that? What was that, bud? You have five fouls and you're trying to hack a man. That was on, yeah. on after he grabbed the usually, rebound. Granted, Boogie, char- like, there was a blocking foul that should have been a charge. Boogie probably should have had, he probably should have fouled out before the first half ended. He got a few very favorable calls. Well, it's Tony Brothers. What do you expect, man? That exactly. man has the biggest eyes, and they're just big for nothing. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this man? Yeah, I'm chirping him how he looks now because he can't help it. Yeah, I'm mad. This salty time. You know what, though? If even, even the Raptors, in those beginning minutes of the third quarter, their issue was – when the gate when when Golden State was kind of rolling a little bit when it was up they were up they had gone on that 10-0 run then they started to start jacking up threes mm-hmm. exactly and instead of maybe jacking up threes trying to get it all back it at the once paint, make them collapse yeah. and then shoot F- the threes force them to get a foul or, or you know what drive the paint get a bucket force mm-hmm. a foul get something get to the line get that mm-hmm. end one do things like that to break up that trend cuz you get a couple of you, you know what you score what we were talking about it off the air four or five bu- four or five points there you know what? You're not in the position at the end of the game where mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's like, oh, okay, do we not foul? You would have been in a position probably to win this basketball game. And refs will be more inclined to make calls for you if they see you driving in trying to make the play rather than just yeah. chucking that's, it from the parking lot. That's a big thing, too, because I, I know everyone loses their mind with Steph and the jump into someone. The, the James Harden foul, you mean basically. the James Harden foul, yeah. Exactly. The difference is, though, if you watch Steph getting those in the last game, he was going to the hoop. And then stopping and jumping into someone because it was mm-hmm. like someone like Pascal Siakam or Marcus Saul had rotated onto him, and he Marcus knows. Marcus Saul need to learn to keep his hands straight up in the air too. That's another complaint. There this was calling wait like you can't was, be holding your arms out in front of you. That's a foul. Yeah, Even but there was also still, there was also a time he had his hands straight up, straight up and they Boogie jumped all through the time. him. They were, <laughs> yeah, they but all the time. I don't know, not all the time, but I'm just saying there was there was a couple moments where Boogie Boogie would essentially maul him on one end. Mm-hmm. They'd come down. And Gasol would definitely inconsistency though. That's something we can agree play on. Play legitimate defense, on one, and they're calling yeah. it on one end and not the other. Yeah. But in terms of positives for the Raptors, quiet thirty-four. Well, I'm talking about next game. Oh, t- true. Think about this. Katie might be back, but everyone thinks well, okay, maybe game four. I don't think he's gonna come back. Do you think Golden State's a good team with KD or without KD? Because numbers-wise, they're technically more efficient. Kevin Durant might be the best scorer in the history of the NBA. They're, so they're, you cannot tell me that you can't. You put him on a team and it makes them their, worse. Their game changes. No, okay. I agree with that. Their game does take a bit of a 180 where it's, it's more focused on Kevin Durant instead of the whole team as a whole. Mm-hmm. But if Kevin Durant comes back in this series, it's, you know, that's the ultimate X factor. You don't, you don't just, like, Steph is great. He's fantastic. I'm the best shooter of our generation. Clay is a great shooter. Best Draymond shooter Draymond ever. is f- unbelievable defender. Absolute unbelievable defender. But they add KD to this, it's over. Mm-hmm. Well, the Raptors like if if in game 3 Clay doesn't play, 
Draymond doesn't play. Uh, sorry, Draymond will play. Sorry, uh, Clay doesn't play. KD doesn't play. You know, Iggy's. I don't Iggy's know, playing on Iggy's one leg. playing on half a leg. Kevon Looney's done for the series. Yeah. If if Steph Curry can, you know, you're you're playing him. If Steph Curry wins that game for them, it's, you know, it's hard not to have that argument. But with KD, they they're always going to be better games, with KD. Though. Because you're going to have games where you don't shoot well, and yeah. you know, I can live with that. But if you're playing defense like that the whole series, you have a very good chance. See, like when I look at the whole KD, are the Warriors better without KD or with KD? Like, the way I look at it is, like, KD, KD's like the nightlight, the security blanket. You know what I mean? Because without him, they're an elite team. Mm. They're, they won 70. Exactly. This is a team that can win the NBA championship without him. But when you add Kevin Durant... It's that extra Overkill. bit of security. You know what I mean? If, if Steph's not having a night, KD can – he doesn't need to do a whole bunch of things to get his shot. He literally just needs to stand there at seven feet tall and shoot over anyone. See, like, mm-hmm. they needed they needed KD at the end of the day to beat LeBron. I've, I've always made it. Because who did they beat? They beat LeBron in a bunch of scrubs the first time around. And then the next time, they blew the 3-1 series lead to LeBron. And then when they went and got KD, LeBron had nothing la- – like – there was nothing he left. Had no hope in those, he had no hope those in those series. series. They so, are messing up. Yeah, forgetting like got, how much I mean, time's left. And yeah, that was like that like Kevin Durant and LeBron James are the, pro- the two best players in the NBA oh, right yeah. now. Steph Curry's top five. And, you know, maybe at eleven is Clay. Like that's how like they're so good. Like when they went and got LeBron is all world. They needed Kevin Durant to beat yeah. and LeBron Clay, Clay fits that group so well because Clay doesn't say anything. Clay plays defense, mm, and Clay doesn't need defender. the and he doesn't need the ball in his hand. No, definitely. Clay's not. a catch and shoot guy, so he's perfect for the Warriors because it's not all about Clay, mm-hmm. and he does the little things that you absolutely need to win a championship. But he does them at the highest of levels. Hundred percent, hundred percent. They need KD. They're always going to need KD, and if they and lose, especially this, like if they the lose this series this, too, like. You got you got Boogie and Bogut. Those are your centers. Mm-hmm. Draymond. But if you put Marcus Hall out there, yes, Draymond is one of the best defenders I've ever seen. Marcus Hall is a like a transport truck. He is a transport truck. Not like a transport truck. Well, he is a transport truck. Well, you saw truck. what happened in game one where they would go down low to him and it would be like someone would switch on him and it would be like Clay or Steph. And it was just like, thank you, ball, basket. Thank you, ball, basket. Yeah, I don't know why they got away from that. That's one thing, like... They have something working for them. It's like, okay, let's stop doing this classic Raptor basketball. <laughs> it's like, okay, we get buckets off of this pick and roll. Easy. Let's stop doing that. And like, why? I want to see in game three them run at Boogie for basically the whole damn game until it stops working. Mm-hmm. And if and if Katie and, and Clay aren't playing, play the same defense you played in the fourth quarter because Steph didn't even get the ball. And you heard him in his post his post game press conference. He this was a little angry. Too, yo. Oh, oh yeah, had him on clams. Ste- Steph. Gets anyway, on that note, boys, I got to bounce because I'm actually on shift right now. My oh. boss is in the room right here, oh, so shit. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> nice having you, Nick. Nice having you, Nick. Talk to you soon. Mo Salah. Mo Salah. He's a Liverpool fan. If you can't tell by him singing, I'm just gonna shut his mic off. <laughs> and he's just gonna sing because both of our mics are on, so you can still hear him as he walks away. Go sing it to Danny. Actually, please, go do that right now. Go into Z. I'm trying to direct him through this window directly in front of me. I'm giving him, like, the airplane sign to go and go rub that into somebody else. Oh, boy. But, yeah, Steph doesn't like having tough defense played on him. 
physical defense. And Van Fleet, Van Fleet, not Van Fleet, Van Vliet is playing that type of defense that's making Steph uncomfortable. That's why he's like, it's a janky defense. That's exactly it. Okay, Paul George. And they're not respecting Andre Iguodala. It's like, God, no, they're not respecting Andre Iguodala. Steph, he hasn't hit a three since May. Yeah, come on. I understand. (laughs) You know, I understand Steph's trying to, like, it's it's like Paul George trying to say the the, 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 the bad shot. David Miller's shot shot was a bad shot. Steph knows how hard that defense was on him because they locked down. They, they They did not have an answer. Now, I'm not expecting Nick Nurse. To come out right off the hop playing it, no. But you know but you that know at some there. point it's there, and, and it he, got to him, and it got to him, and he's going to do it again and continue to do it. And Van Vliet, Van Vliet is going to chase Clay, uh, sorry, chase Curry around the court the entire series. This is—he's the smallest defender that's ever played him. Yeah, and I've heard of plenty of people during the broadcast, analysts before and after. Talking about how just the fact that you have a dude who, think about it, when you think about defending Steph, Mm -hmm. get someone big on him, lanky, get in front of him, make sure he can't get that shot over you. Fred's none of that. No. But you know what Fred is? He's fast. Yeah. He's a bit physical. He's got got some bulk. For a little guy, being a fast guy, he's got some bulk to him. He also doesn't have to really crouch to guard Steph. He's shorter than him. Mm-hmm. So when Steph starts to go with the handles, and what would, when you got a bigger guy who's now going to start backing up, mm-hmm. and like, okay, he might go around me. Got to respect a little bit of the space. Fred gets right into him, and you, that's where you start to see the steals. Because he's not used to having someone smaller than him get into him yeah. like that. And the ball's exposed because mm-hmm. he's trying to do some things. Because Steph has a great handle. Yeah. He's just not used to this, and it's thrown a complete wrench into it. And if you're Nick Nurse and you saw any of that press conference, your first thought should be like, oh, he doesn't like that. You keep that away in the back pocket here. Yeah. Just remember that yeah. that drove him insane enough to talk about it mm-hmm. post-game. It's a nice little thing to have in the back yeah. pocket. Especially, you know, now heading to Oakland. Like, it kills the Raptors to not have gotten both at home. And the worst part is, is coming into the series, if you would have told, if I would have told you, Angelo, mm-hmm. that after game one and two, the Raptors would be heading to Oakland with a split before the series started. It'd be happier than a pig and shit. And then what happens is our expectations begin to change. They win the first game. They look so good in the second game. And Kevin Durant isn't here yet. Yeah. We know he's not in this game. You see Kevon Looney go down, doesn't play the rest of the game. You see Clay go down, doesn't play the final five mm-hmm. minutes. That feeling of a missed opportunity yeah. is essentially, like, that's the worst part of it, is it It feels like a missed opportunity. It's it's sort of like that game one of the Bucks series. That missed opportunity where you dominate the whole game and then you have a bad stretch at a bad time, and it puts you behind the eight ball, and then that's it. You lose your momentum. And that's sort of what happened. You know, it happened a little bit. And what else was kind of, I think, what also didn't help? Because if you notice, when the Raptors started to get going, what happened in that building? People started to get their asses back to their fucking seat. That, yeah. And that is, you have to realize, this is, pl- this is not game three of the fucking regular it's season. It's not a Wednesday night in February. No, this is game two of the NBA Finals that you have given up your firstborn child for. Because I don't know if you've seen the prices of tickets, but they're a little expensive. You know, I you know, you have to give up a couple of, you know, weeks salary to go to one of these ba- one of these games. 
people are at the concession stand. Are you telling me before the game you can't get your fucking popcorn? You really need popcorn in the third quarter? Are you really going to be eating? No, you're paying attention to the game. They bring you beer. There's a guy who says, beer, $1,000 because it's the playoffs. <laughs> like, the energy in the Scotiabank Arena. That was disappointing. That that's I think that was also – no one talked about that, but it's very disappointing when that thing happened because I looked at him like, man, I go, where is everybody? It looks empty. It's quiet. Got to be loud, man. It, it's got to be the true home court advantage because you think any of those – if I told you there's like, what, 20,000 people standing outside of the – of the Scotiabank Arena in Jurassic Park and on the next street over. That's the thing. Like Originally, if you would have told me 20,000, I would have laughed. And then because of the way now that it's it's now not just Jurassic Park, it's basically just all of downtown. Mm-hmm. Like, those people would not be leaving their seat. No. And unfortunately, they did. And I think that if game when Game 5 comes back here, there should be none of that. Oh, God, I hope not. None of that. You should be back in your seat. Yeah, there, there right. can't be any more of that. Scotiabank Arena, set up some excess, some uh, extra beer. Bring and more popcorn. beer vendors. Bring more beer vendors. Get the, get have, have them. Actually, I remember this sitting. I wasn't even sitting like in great seats. You can like text orders. There's yeah. like a thing that's on your. There's like a pamphlet on your seat that yeah, tells like, you you can do let's, that. Let's go like this the, for the Raptors. Like, it's a missed opportunity one. And do I feel confident? Yes. With them more than I do because I look at I look at the Warriors and I and I and they are a team that has been fighting for five seasons and not fighting amongst it they're fighting the uh, everything having played basketball to the middle of June how much how much rest do they really get two months before they're back in the gym not even what a month and a half before they have to start training again have to start start getting into game shape like it's tasking on the body. Well, that's we were talking about this bef- like off air before we started recording. No one's played this much basketball in a row since the Jordan era Bulls. Mm-hmm. This takes a toll on your body, mm-hmm. like you were saying. And notice, Kevon Looney's been there for almost all of these. Yeah. He might have been there for. I'm trying to remember if he's only been there for four years or five. I believe it's four, just because it's the end of his rookie deal. Yeah, and he's going to be a free agent. He's hurt. Clay's been there for everything. He's hurt. Boogie's coming off an Achilles, and you knew that was probably going to be an issue, anyways. He's hurt. Katie's been there for two years. He's hurt. He also has a history of lower body injuries, mm-hmm. so you knew this was going to happen at some point. He's, he's seven a tall, feet tall. lanky guy. It's just it's he's, natural. He shouldn't be physically like for someone his size to do what he does. It shouldn't be physically possible, but it is, and that's the you're going to like yeah. your body should not be able to do these things. Exactly. You're not, like that is not a normal human being. Yeah. It's starting to take its toll. Mm-hmm. This is the thing about the playoffs in all sports. It's a grind. You're seeing it with Kawhi. You're seeing it with his. Seems like nagging injury. Mm-hmm. Thank God for load management, by the way. Oh Jesus! Could you imagine? So happy about could you that. imagine he was? If this happened during the season, because you weren't load managing him, yeah, it'd be a disaster. Or it happened in the second round of the playoffs. Exactly. You well, it did. Most. And he just played because he just kept he's, playing through. Yeah, because he's a boss. Yeah. <laughs> for the Raptors, it's it is a you know do it, it's not a do or die game. I'm confident in this team. And, you know, 
if Kevin Durant doesn't come back, and, and the more I, the more I see it, the more I believe he ain't coming back. Yeah, because it's too. It's 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 like Nick said. Like it's just, and I think and you said it too. Like it's just too like, okay, he'll be back in two games. Oh, he'll be back here, and it's like they just keep pushing. And the Warriors are very good at keeping injuries sort of out of the light. Like they just manage to change the subject. Yep. They're like a girlfriend that you know you've been fighting with, and you're right, and then they change the subject. It's, that's basically what the Warriors keep doing. Is like they keep, you know, avoiding it. And at the end of the season, they'll come up what the true injury was because he'll have to have surgery on it. I'm sure. It's like when your girlfriend says it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's not, not really fine. fine. It's not fine. It's not a good thing either when you hear it's fine. No. And that's essentially what they've been doing with Kevin Durant this whole time. Yeah. It's fine. And it's that's, fine. And that's okay. Like I understand they want to. You know, it's it's a nugget to keep you know everyone kind of on their toes because. Let's be honest. I know the Raptors in the back of their head. They're hoping they need to, you know, if they win both games in Oakland, buddy. Now that's a big. That's a that's, that's a tall. A tall task. It's a monster task. But can they beat? Can Kawhi and company beat Steph and Draymond? Because that's what essentially it's going to be. I think yes, and I think so too. And I would expect because it's Steph, Draymond, one-legged Andre Iguodala, uh, and then like how long? It depends how long he even stays well, in the game because he keeps coming back. Like I get it, he's you know he's hurt, but he just because he's a he's a champion and he wants he's going down fighting, he's going down mm-hmm. punching, and he's gonna keep coming on the court, hurt or not hurt, he's gonna keep playing. So you know, can this group of Raptors win two games or even get a win in Oakland? I believe they can. I believe these couple of extra days off will hopefully help Kawhi. Maybe Danny Green will go look at some video and learn to catch and shoot the ball. Please, Danny. Oh, uh, you were my, ex, two you were my like, X Factor last week, Danny. I know. Come a- on. After game one, two, where it looked like he'd got it back. Because it wasn't like he was hitting wide open ones either. He had he was contested He's, on yeah. two of those. Like he had guys right in his face in the corner. He still made them. And then it looked like the Bucks series all over again. Yeah. Well, game three is a, a new, and it's time for the Raptors to step up. Yeah. Now, on to another championship series that's allegedly still happening, because I thought this was over. It's happening, Steven. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Just turn this over to Angelo now. Steven's been watching. He's secretly watching. He's keeping an eye. Don't let his, his sour demeanor fool you. Nah. But the nah. uh, St. Louis Blues last night, because we record on Tuesdays, well, we're back on Tuesday because, well, it's Tuesday. And Steven's actually working today. You know, he's not off on, like, some fucking tangent vacation that he always goes on to, like, e- to Egypt or, or the on. West Indies or something. I don't know where he's going. <laughs> that one time I took some time off. Yeah, he took some time off one time. Literally the only time that I've worked this job with Angelo that I've actually taken off more than two days in a row. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> the uh, place almost burnt down without me, apparently. <laughs> it almost did. Uh, the St. Louis Blues. It did uh, flood when I get back. It did. It was That was the guard. That was the gods. It was the gods. Or the ghost of someone that I won't say. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> the St. Louis Blues uh, tied their series up with the Boston Bruins in game four uh, after getting absolutely shellacked in game three. Oh, man. They looked lost. They looked Thank God for Game 4. And then Game 4 happened, and there were a lot of question marks because Jordan Bennington was in for a lot of goals in that in Game 3. A lot of goals. And St. Louis looked out of sorts. And, and, you know, typically when a team gets shellacked like that, you know, they do bounce back, and they did bounce back. Now, I have some issues with the St. Louis Blues. 
namely their power play, uh, yeah. is it looks like the Montreal Canadiens power play. <laughs> Nobody wants to shoot. And when they do get the puck and decide to shoot, they're a second and a half late shooting. They like catch the puck. Oh, look, I have the puck. Okay, shoot. Can't be doing that. Your power play in the playoffs. You, uh, when I watch Boston power play, everyone's it's crisp. It's crisp. It's fast. It's, it's moving. And when it's on someone's stick, it's off of it before you can even blink. Tic tac toe, tape to tape to tape. Yeah, shot like then back, and then someone recovers it in a corner, mm-hmm. and then it's back to just zipping around. Yeah, but for whatever reason, and 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 St. Louis, it's funny because. St. Louis's model in Game 2 seemed to kind of copy over into Game 4. Cycling the puck, being physical with the Bruins, and getting shots on Tuka Rask. They, got a, they outshot him in Game... They outshot him heavily in Game 2. They outshot him a little bit more in Game Game 4. But in Game 1s and 3, Lane Dutz. Lane... Especially in Game Three, it was an absolute like they took a a pile of dog shit and they just placed that at center ice, and that was the St. Louis Blues. They looked so Jordan Bennington looked couldn't stay stop a beach ball, and he's another guy like I look at him and and I was I was sitting watching Game Three with somebody, and I said to them I'm like when I look at both teams, I can name about three Conn Smythe winners on the Boston Bruins: Duke Rask, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron. When I look at the St. Louis Blues, is there anyone that really stands out to you that would look like a Conn Smythe winner? Maybe Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah. But that's about it. Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo, maybe. Like more, Colt of, more of like the overall effect on the playoffs because yeah. he's been so good. But nothing nothing in this nothing series is going to de- make you... Yeah. Like nothing to the degree that like Berger... And, and it was Bennington until this series yeah, started. Like, He's kind of put himself out of the running, I think. Now, granted, if he if he comes and steals turns game, it back on. if he steals game five and six, now <sighs> they have to go into Boston and win games game five here. It's a big game to win. Is it impossible for them to win? No. no. Is it impossible for them to lose? Eh, yes. No. But there's a trend that seems to be happening that they they keep splitting every other game. So it goes. Boston, St. Louis, Boston, St. Louis would be technically Boston. Now, if Boston happens to lose game five, St. Louis better close it out in game six. Because I can tell you one thing. Bruins are not going to lose in game seven if they've lost game five at home. Yeah. It follows a trend. It's it's not just it's not just them. It seems to be a trend everywhere in sports. A typical look at Dallas. Dallas back in the second round. One game against, actually, ironically, against this St. Louis team. They won game five, had a chance to win at home, lost and lost in double, triple overtime, I think it was. It was long. That's all I know. I couldn't fall asleep. <laughs> That's all I fucking know. But it's it's a weird series to watch because they're both physical teams. Oh, and, yeah. And I would say St. Louis is more physical than than than. Uh, than Boston is. They're the bigger team. They're the bigger team. They're a heavy, heavy team. And I don't know how Boston got this fat. They seem just Boston seems to be like just when they're gone, they're like on a like on a like someone strapped rockets to their skates and they're off. Yeah. Whereas St. Louis seems like they're trying to like like a locomotive. They're trying to get they're the, in quicksand. Yeah. And it's just you know St. Louis can win this series. They need a lot. They have to start shooting, number one. 
their point man on the power play. Start using Colton Perenko. He's got a pretty hard shot. He's got a rock. Okay. Ask Ben Bishop's collarbone. Yeah. How about and you have Alex Petrangelo. And start and, and Tarasenko, start shooting more on the power play. Get the puck, shoot in the net. Why is Tyler Bozak out there? This 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 the only thing that worries me about the St. Louis team is that it's riddled with X Leafs. It's riddled with them. Carl Gunnarsson, Tyler Bozak, Alexander Steen. Riddled with them. Maybe shut your mic off. Riddled with them, Steven. <laughs> it's true though, they hit three X Leafs on the team. I can't do anything about it, Steven. Now, all of them weren't acquired at the same time. Gunnarsson, a while ago. Steen, a long time I don't even want to ago. talk about the Steen trade. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Anyways. Wouldn't trade him for... Wouldn't trade him for a Wouldn't bag. trade him as, no, part of a deal to get Pronger. And then ended up trading him and Carlo Koliakovo for Lee Stemniak. Hey, Lee was a dependable player. I think I'm going to be sick. Lee was a dependable player. Yeah, Don't he scored 27 goals that one time and never got close again. It's okay. Except for like three years ago when he randomly scored like 25 for yeah. like New Jersey. Yeah. And then was never heard from again. Because that's Lee Stepniak. Yeah, at least Lee Stepniak wasn't in the league again you know to trade funny? for him. Do you know what's funny? I think Lee Stepniak got traded like three trade deadlines in a row too. Probably. But Ugh. so this series, so Wednesday's game five. I'm going to guess. So this series, by the time we come back next week, we will have a champion, Stanley Cup champion, which means the draft will be not too far around the corner, which is I'm a little excited for. <laughs> a little excited for. But, you know, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, sticking with, I'm sticking with my St. Louis pick. I think I said six games. I believe you're right. And, and I'm hoping that I'm right, and I believe you said six as well. Because um, so. you gave Boston a little bit of – they need to win this. Just win. Please, St. Louis. Give your fans like the Stanley Cup banner they deserve. Because if St. Louis doesn't win, I'm going to tell you something. Break the team down. They're never going to get back to this point ever again. Jordan Bennington will never be this good. They will never get all these breaks that they've gotten. And they'll be in Calgary next year. Calling it now. What? Random team they'll to be win. They'll be in Calgary's going to be the team next year. All right. Calling it now. I don't know. <laughs> Because I don't believe St. Louis might it might be like the San Jose syndrome. They get to the cup final after so much years of disappointment, and then once they get there, <laughs> big dud. Yeah. Anything anything to add, Steven? Are you, you feeling any type of way? I no. just want this to be over with. <laughs> Steven just want, wants it to be over with. I want, so. I want a a man I went to high school with to be holding the cup above his head. Ooh. Alex Petrangelo went to the same high school as me. Not like I actually know him or anything, but he did go to my high school. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he's a year older than me. Oh, and he was actually, he was, this is the most high school thing ever. One of my best friend's girlfriend's older brothers was best friends with him. Oh, so I used to see him on a, it's not like, it's not like you could ask him right now, hey, do you know Steve Artebello? And he'd be like, oh, of course, he has no idea who the hell I am. But you mentioned Villanova. But he'll know that. Play, or you mention a player. He'll, exactly. Or his friend. He'll be like, oh, Ben yeah. Alvey, who he used to hang out with, that'd be different. Okay. He knows him. Okay. <laughs> doesn't really know well, me. Well, when, I, inter- when hopefully- I interview him next week, when I interview Petrangelo in Woodbridge, <laughs> when he's when he's doing, or when he's in a few months, when he's having his day. He was in, up in King City. That's in, actually where his family was. Yeah, so he'll be having his day with a cup in King City. We will go and interview him. Might have to go visit. Might have to go visit. That's Say hi to a buddy from, hold on. An acquaintance, an acquaintance from high school. A friend of a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sticking on hockey news, though, we will move on. Unfortunately, we're going to go from the Bruins to the Leafs because I like pain, apparently. 
But this is some good news. Steven enjoys pain. All right. I Steven don't. loves it just seems to follow me. Love the pain. Why do I am the fan of the teams that I am? Like I chose the Falcons too. Like I don't know why I do this to myself. At least I'm not my buddy Lando. He chose the Bills. That's rough. He came from England. Hey, he came what? from England though too. He had like he literally had a clean slate. He could have picked New England. I know. New he England. He it's, it's right there. I New in England. He's from England. It makes sense. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. But we'll move on. Speaking of the Leafs, some salary cap issues. If you you know, if you live in the city, you've probably heard about Mitch Marner and his contract. So people are wondering. Con- is he having contract problems? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> tell, do tell more, please. Well, there's all this talk now about, you know, he's not respected and he wants to wait till July 1st because he actually thinks someone's going to give up, give him a contract over $11.5 million where they would give up four first round picks for him. I've heard there's a team. I've heard there is a team out there. Okay, cool. I don't know who. Give me your picks. <laughs> give me your four first round picks. I love Mitch Marner. Toronto boy, 90 plus point season. Uh, the unbelievable. You cannot pay him $11.5 plus million. You cannot. You already pay two guys. You have John Tavares that makes eleven five, and you have Austin Matthews that makes eleven six three four. Okay, okay. Maybe they trade Tavares. No. <laughs> but who they might trade? These I'm assuming Tavares has a no move clause. These other two guys have uh, well, one has a full no move, the other one has a no trade that kicks in in the summer. Patrick Marlowe and Nikita Zaitsev. Now, funny enough, together their cap hit equals. About 11 and a half? Just about 11 million. Mm. Marlowe's at uh, 6.25. Mr. Zaitsev's at 4.5. So has got $10.75 million, which is actually more than I would, that's more money than I would give to Mr. Mitchell Marner. And there wasn't a lot of space, but at $10.75 million. For eight seasons. No, that, that, that would be the, the space that's opened up if oh, you were well. able to move a Marlowe and a Zaitsev. Mm-hmm. Zaitsev had the type of playoff where he really, really recovered his value. Is the deal too long? Yeah. But a right-handed shot, think about what we talked about and how right-handed defensemen are looked at in the NHL. You had a right-handed shot defenseman who played all right in the playoffs, reasonably well, in over 20 minutes a night. That's a commodity. That's something you can get rid of without having to really sweeten the deal. And you can move him and maybe you take back another change of scenery type player. Marlowe's where it gets interesting. Patrick Marlowe's making $625 million. But in terms of actual cash, after July 1st when his bonus has been paid out, you're only actually paying $1.25 million in real cash. Now, the funny thing is, is they're talking about L.A. And Marlowe would, he would, he's talked to the Leafs about he would be, he wants to move to the West Coast because his family's moving back there because they didn't like it in Toronto. I mean, if you're from San Jose and you had to deal with the last two winners we dealt with, I understand. I would like to go back to the West Coast too. So I get it. So his family has moved back and he has told the Leafs if they could move him there, he would, to the West Coast, he'd move his no trade. So there was a talk about L.A. who have plenty of bad contracts of their own. So I don't know if that's going to work. Then there was a talk about Arizona. And that, to me, makes the most sense. Who's a team that's cash poor, but is going to need to make the salary cap floor? Arizona. And a $6.25 million cap hit 
where you only pay $1.25 million. Seems like a nice bit of business for a team that has, you know, Chris Pronger's contract and Pavel Datsuk's contract and basically all the reject contracts of guys that retired, but their contracts go on LTIR. Instead, though, they don't put them on LTIR. They just keep them on the salary cap and pay them. To get to the floor because these are teams that are actually really paying players about 40-some-odd, $50 million, which is below the cap floor. Mm -hmm. This is their way around that. That makes more sense to me. Now, the talk is that they want a significant asset. And my thought is, you can want a lot of things, but when you're broke and need to make the cap floor... Beggars can't be choosers. But neither can the Leafs. No. Because they're in they're see, it's funny. And that's where both, this gets interesting. It's like, it's like, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back, but I kinda want this. And I don't I don't know if it's gonna happen. But a name popped up because like you've mentioned Nikita Zaitsev. And that's a defenseman who played twenty plus minutes in the playoffs. And really, other than Morgan Riley and Travis Dermott, the Leafs currently have who on defense? This is an issue. Other, like, and that's the issue. Now, they have Jake Muzzin. They have Jake Muzzin. Oh, Morgan sorry. I, sorry. I'm sorry. I you forgot about Jake Muzzin. Jake Muzzin. And the problem now, this is where the real problem is Dermott's missing the beginning of the season. Okay. So technically, you have two and a quarter defensemen. Now, there's a player that plays in L.A. that makes a little bit less than... $11 million? I don't think Drew no, Doughty's not, happening. No, no, no. Not Drew Doughty. You're on the right path, though. Alec Martinez? Close. Oh, because that's exactly who I was thinking of. Close. But it would be the perfect reunion... Not Dion. No, 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 no. I was a Dion defender too. I would just like to point that out. Because at five five point two five. No. No. Number three. No. Sorry, not your number three. No. Your third pairing guy. No. Who do you have though? That's this is the thing. It's like that's that that's that's the only reason I said that was no Dion. You don't want Dion? No. But it's... No. D- no. You get... D- no. D- 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 Dion! Dion and Alicia can stay in L.A. But it would be a fun reunion. I don't think she'd want to leave either. She can stay. He can go like that. <laughs> it would actually be so funny if he went boom, 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 boom. No, no, no. And then no, the Leafs... Don't even, don't even put that well, on. I, don't I even was... put that... E- don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby! <laughs> And I think it's funny because like I genuinely was one of the guys who defended Fanoff yeah. saying he's never been a number one, he's a number two, and you paid him like a number one and then expected him to because you paid him like this play like this. Yeah. That was a Dave Nonis slash Brian Burke slash some real stupid shit that happened here back in the day. But being serious for a minute here, the Leafs don't have defensemen. No, this is an issue. And and that's the issue of moving, trying to move Zaitsev. And I understand the, if you find someone to take the last year of the Marlowe contract, hey, you know what? Good on you. You got rid of a bad contract. And really, the the issue, though, too, is one, Mitch Marner, two, um, Kapanen. And then three is Andreas Janssen. And three is Andreas Janssen, who had a good year. Yep. So 
this is we we I think we said it back when we at the end of um, the Leafs playoff run was that this upcoming summer was Kyle Dubas's most important summer. Oh yeah, ever. Oh yeah, because there's so much on the line here, and it can go one of two ways. It can go, you know, the Leafs are in a weird position too, being that see, unlike the Chicago Blackhawks, who won their cups while they still had. Cap friendly contracts with two of their best yeah. players. The Leafs haven't gotten to the haven't won the cup, and they're having to pay guys because they're at an elite level in the league. So they're in a tough spot. It's like, well, how do you get rid of Mitch? How do you get rid of the guy who just gave who just had ninety points? Playing beside the guy you just went and paid eleven million dollars to, and then next year the 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 the, the kicking of this. Look, I know it was discussed before he signed his deal back on what was it, December first. But if you're Kyle Dubas, you have to explore some form of a trade for not only Patrick Marlowe and not only maybe I honestly I don't know. If you get rid of Zeit Seven, you manage to get rid of Nylander in the process. I got a feeling it's not gonna be Nylander. I could see just talking about the players, right? Like yeah. you would need to attach an asset. I think they want to keep Kapanen. I think they want to keep Janssen. Yes. I think they'd be willing to attach maybe a Brocco, mm-hmm. a prospect to get Marlowe out of there. Yeah. But in terms of the defenseman you keep talking about, I could see it being Nazem Kadri. And this was – and I said – I don't I don't think it's going to be Nylander. I think it's going to be Naz, and I think it's going to be because we talked about this before. You're not just going to give him away. No. Because you're angry at him. No, you're a little angry at him. No, no, but you're not going to give him away because of that. Yeah. But if you get the type of defenseman back that you want, and you, when you look at Nazem Kadri as another team, you're probably looking as him, at him as a, you know what, as a third-line center, he wasn't the greatest. But as a second-line center, I know. What he can do. I know he'll score 30 goals because he did that, and he did it on a bad Leafs team. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, when they got good, yeah, that's when he became the second line mm-hmm. center because Austin Matthews was there. Obviously, but you know what I'm trying to say. No, here, I understand right? what you're saying here. That could be the piece that gets you the defenseman. Now you're still going to need more defensemen. You're going to need other defensemen. But I'm saying is that could be that nope. could be the one that gets you the piece that, I know another that guy completes the him. top four. I know Carl Osner can stay you in sure? Laval. Okay, we'll give yes, you, we'll give you one of our seconds. No, we'll give you a second. No, but it's a second. No. It's cool. You cannot retain enough salary because you're only allowed to retain a 50%. And the problem is, he is entirely too much of Mike Babcock's player, and he would play 23 minutes a night. He would become the new Ron Hainsey. I guarantee you he would end up playing beside Morgan Riley. It would be fun to watch. I need to stop getting this worked up about this I'm, shit. I'm trying to. But yeah. No. See, here's the thing. Ultimately, some players are going to have to move from this because clearly it's not working. Clearly, whatever they've put together, this and and this is the thing. The thing is, though, is I don't even time. know if that's if that's personnel, and you know how I feel about the I way know the how coach you is using that. I personnel. know, I know how you feel about the personnel. But you have another guy who's coming up on UFA, and you know he knows the system well, and he's part of. He's been through this grind. Is he another guy who's gonna who won't be returning? Is Jake Gardner, and you know. <laughs> The Leafs might be put in a tough spot to get bring back Jake Gardner because of them not having anybody else right now. Especially if they do go trade Nikita Zaitsev. I think Jake Gardner is gone just because he's going to make too much money. Unless he takes hometown discount. I don't know. I don't see him doing it. Just because, think about it. Like, you're 29 years old. 
And for a guy that plays the minutes he plays, that can put up 50 points regularly, you're talking about a near $7 million guy, if not a $7 million guy. And the way Jake Gardner skates, see, that's another thing, is the way he skates, you can see that aging well. So you might see a guy get some extra years this is the issue with Jake because the talk was, okay, can he stay here? And maybe they do the uh, the TJ Oshie deal where the, the cap hits brought down, but he gets the full eight-year extension. But that means he'll be 37. And, hey, Patrick Marlowe was fine for a year and a half. Mm, maybe a year really want to take that kind of risk again? And you have to remember, you know who signed that contract? Lou. Not Kyle. Bit of a difference between the way that Lamorello runs things, the way that Dubas does. Yeah. On to some other stuff that's going on in the league. I guess we'll talk about the trade that actually happened before we get to uh, the talk of one that was Vetoed and uh, a free agent signing that you are mixed mixed about. So mixed. first, we'll just talk about the fact that Kevin Hayes was traded from the Jets to the Flyers for mm-hmm. a fifth round pick. Why people are wondering? Because now they get this ex- this exclusive window to negotiate a long term deal with Kevin Hayes. And if you're Philly, you sold off some pieces at the deadline. Hello, Wayne Simmons, and you had the pick to replace it. And if you managed to sign him, you traded a fifth. You traded a lottery ticket. Yeah. It's a fine deal. Well, it's, it makes I, perfect sense. It's a fine deal. Now it leaves some questions in that organization of for Philly in terms of Kevin Hayes is a center. Yep. And Sean Couturier is a center. Sean Couturier is a center. And you drafted a center. Not too long second ago. Second overall. In Nolan Patrick. And Claude Giroux kind of a center, but has, moved him on has kind of now. moved over to the wing. So Travis Konechny is also a center yeah, that sorry, I guess yeah, is playing on the wing. He's their third line guy. Morgan kind of. Fro- like there's a lot Morgan of Morgan Frost is not too far and away. And it's funny. This is an organization that's done this before. Because remember when they had Braden Shen and Couturier and Claude Giroux was still playing center. Mm-hmm. They like to do this. Yeah. Scott Lawton. Remember when he was supposed Scott to be a thing? Scott Lawton. Remember that he was supposed to be a thing? Oh, I remember that name in so long. Oh man, throwing it back for you, Ange. It's what Ooh. I'm here for, buddy. Wait a minute here, jeez. It's here for the lulls. <laughs> it's a good deal. I like Kevin Hayes. I'm I, a big Kevin Hayes guy. Yeah. I, I, Kevin Hayes used to be my Dirk Broussard. <laughs> used to be the guy that I used to go get in fantasy because he did a lot of things. and He did them well. He wasn't a, a, a letdown. And for Philly, this is actually, ironically enough, he's going to play for a guy, potentially, who coached him mm-hmm. in New York in Elaine Vignon. Mm-hmm. Now, now, he won't have to deal with Michelle Therrien. That's another... It's another disaster. He's lucky. <laughs> He's lucky. Everyone's lucky. Everyone's lucky. Just the defenseman. Just the defenseman will have to. But <laughs> I like the deal. Lottery ticket, basically, in the fifth round. They traded away a conditional fourth for Wayne Simmons, and they got Ryan Hartman in the deal. So this is like it's it's a deal of a deal that they were able to do because they're like, well, you know what? We got this. We can give up this because we got the extra pick. We've moved up 20 spots or whatever it might be. So it's a good deal. I like the deal for Philly. The interesting part will be to watch what they do with their tons of centers now that they have. Good mm-hmm. good to have center problems. Oh, that's the thing. It's good to have all the centers because you can move centers to the wing. You can't move wingers to center. Well, you can. Occasionally. 
one time. It just doesn't work very often. Because the other time it didn't work. But In the history of the NHL, how often does that work? We won't talk about that. Yeah, Phil Kessel, James Van Reem's like, I got some, I'm a Leaf fan, okay? I, I remember. I got stories for you. <laughs> <laughs> but now let's get on to some of the juicier news. Phil Kessel, former Leaf, current Pittsburgh Penguin, mm-hmm. has a no movement clause. And allegedly, he was approached by uh, GM, Jim Rutherford, and asked if he would waive it to go to Minnesota. Phil declined. Phil decided, nah, don't want to go there. But now Phil knows that the organization basically traded him. The only reason he's still there is because he declined to move, to waive his no move. What's the next step for Phil? Because Jim Rutherford wants to make changes. And while he still has Sid and he still has Gino, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, for anyone who didn't get that reference, and I'm very confused if you didn't get that reference. He's not going to rebuild until they are gone. There was some. There's always been weird, like, let's trade Malkin for all the things talk, but that's not going to happen. The guy that they can move is Phil, especially considering the Leafs have still retained 1.2 million of that cap, of that cap hit. So Phil's at 6.8, which again, in the new era of contracts, is actually quite affordable. Considering Sid makes 8.7 and Malkin, I believe, makes 9.5 or just over. Where does Phil go from here? I don't know. Dallas. Do they have the money for him? (laughs) They'll find it all. Will they be able to, like... This is the problem. And, and then what do they have to trade for him? That like They just found another center in Rupee Hints. Like, they looked like they had their, their, their shit together in the playoffs. Because you had, you had a more balanced attack. Thanks to Matt Zuccarello, actually. Now, if you let Matt Zuccarello walk, and you manage to put Phil into that spot, I think Phil's a better player than Matt Zuccarello. Oh, yeah. But is Phil interested in going there? Because with the full no move, he has the complete control of where he gets to go. And this is where it gets really interesting. Him declining to go to Minnesota is not surprising. Because let's be honest, that team's done. They've exhausted everything. They've been through so much. Never been able to really get over the hump. They don't have the goaltending either to go with it. Like they're not championship. They don't have championship goaltending. No, no disrespect, to Devin Dubnik. He's been serviceable. He rebirth of an NHL career when it looked like it was dead in the St. Lawrence. But even before that, what they have: Darcy Kemper, Josh Harding, who due to Nick. sickness, but another guy like. Who was another guy? Nick, Nick Backstrom. Backstrom. Like, Manny Fernandez. That was when they had the goalie tandem. Yeah, like, they haven't, they're not, they haven't been able to get strong goaltending. 
from Devin Dubnik. Like in the playoffs, like he hasn't been the guy that he was in the regular season. And that team is old. That team is about to lose probably Eric Carlson, who was one of their top point getters. Eric, sorry, Eric not Stahl. Eric Carlson. Sorry, Eric Stahl. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. And the other guys are locked up long term. Yeah. The old ones that are still there mm-hmm. in the Koivus, in the Parises, yeah. and the suit like. Rize and Suter's contracts are about to come bite you in the ass big time. Yeah, and that's just, you know, they tried to do, they they did try to go for it. Like, I give them credit. They tried to go for it. They saw their their chance to go, let me go get this hometown guys that want to play. We can get them to play here. They can be the anchors. And for a long time, they were anchors. Parisi and, and Suter were great, great players for them. Got them to playoffs. But it just wasn't enough. And I don't blame Phil for not wanting to go there. Oh, God, no. Even though he's from Minnesota? No. He's hey. from Wisconsin. He's from but Wisconsin. he went to school there, I think. Did he go to Dakota or Minnesota? No, I think he went to Minnesota. He was a, oh, he was a Golden Golfer. Yeah, he was a Golden Golfer. So he went to Minnesota. He was from Wisconsin, went to Minnesota, and then he went to Boston. And then to Toronto and then to Pittsburgh. But they are not in a good spot. And maybe another team, if they can finesse it, because they seem to – have some rapport with them after the deal that they made at the, at the trade deadline for Bukestad. is Florida. I can, but can you see Phil wanting to play there? Now I can see Phil wanting to live in Florida because no one's ever going to talk to him. The weather's going to be beautiful. Apparently Phil really likes the fish. And you know where there's great fishing? Oh. Florida. Because you can go on the ocean, in the bayou. Like, you can fish in any way you want it. But if... if Florida's GM talks to Phil and explains to him, look, we're signing Artemi Panarin. We're signing goalie Bob. We're finding a Robita Island for, for Roberto Luongo, <laughs> his own personal island here in the, the, the state of Florida. Maybe he changes his mind. Yes, they're going to have a lot of money tied up in like five, five players, but let's be honest, that power play is going to be pretty deadly. Oh, man. You know what, actually, how many years does Phil? I think Phil's only got three years left. So, and Barkov's locked up on his deal, which is just over $6 million, for like four or five more seasons. So it helps. And and, and probably he'll end that up playing maybe. with Jonathan Huberto anyway. Oh, you could have Huberto, Barkov, and Phil. There you go. You, and or, the second line's Trocheck and whoever, like, and or, Hoffman potentially, yeah. or Panet. Like that's the this is the thing. You know there. what? If that happens, yeah, then I could see Phil being like, yeah, yeah I'll sure, go I'll go there. Yeah, because they got a chance to win. I see him staying in the East, though. I can't see him going to the West. Unless it's San Jose. And even then. Even then, it's like, I don't know. Although, actually, now that you brought it up, that would be the most Doug Wilson. It's another Doug Wilson play. That's what Doug Wilson. He goes out big game hunting. Hmm. I like him like that. He's a big game hunter. Those are my types of guys. And you want to talk about another place that Phil would probably love to play hockey. San Jose is a pretty great place to play. Just ask Jumbo. Jumbo loves it He's there. enjoying himself quite a lot out there. Ask Evander Kane. Yeah. And not to mention, they, they have a way of bringing in guys like Evander Kane and even guys like Phil that have... You've seen Phil on the bench with with Gino. You've seen them get into it. Yeah. You've heard the stories about what happened here in Salute Gate and how mm-hmm. Phil was part... San Jose has a way of making all that go away yeah. and bringing guys in and changing things. Mm-hmm. Chang- they, the, their culture seems to be strong enough to get over issues like this, which is insane considering they once took the C away from Joe Thornton. Remember when that happened? Yeah, I remember that one. And he's still there, which is 
Amendment. The whole it's interesting gonna, thing. It's because he loves California. No, no, but you know what I mean? Like, that anywhere else, you could really see that festering and turning into a, like, a destroy the franchise type of thing. If it happened in Toronto or Montreal. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get out of the way. Especially if it happened in Toronto or Montreal to a player of the caliber of a Joe Thornton. Actually, just think about this. Can you imagine Joe Pavelski just like, no, no, I don't, you, no, 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 do not put the C on me. I have to look at Big Joe. I look at Big Joe. He's... I'm Little Joe. Okay. Nah, nah, nah. Hey. Fuck out of here with that. He, him, him, give him C. Give him C, I take A. Good? He's good. Cool. Done. That's why they, that's why Char still has a C. Yeah. Imagine that. They ever took the C off of him. I'm pretty sure he'd murder them. Yeah. Well, like, whoever, whoever was the unfortunate person that had to tell that to Zidano would be dead. Send an intern to look, man. Yes. Sorry, man. Your last duty as an intern here is to go tell Zidane Charlie he's been stripped of the Go, go of tell Big Z he's got to give up the seat. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Sorry, I quit. Wish you the best of luck. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this whole thing up then with one last little little bit of, uh, I don't know, a little, little gossip around the free agency. You know what, Andrew? I'm just going to turn this one over to you. No. You well, tell the people what's happening here. I don't want to talk about it. Because it's so, t- it's like I'm torn. I- I'm so torn. And you- For your luck in the end. <laughs> People know my stance on Eric Carlson as a, as a hockey player. I think he's a fantastic skater. I think he's one of the best. He is the greatest skating defenseman I've seen in my lifetime. I've never seen a defenseman Back. skate skate like he does. I've never seen a defenseman in my, at least my generation, that can... Yeah, for people screaming, understand me and Ange weren't around for Bobby Orr and Bull Coffee. Yeah, like, let's chill. Let's chill everyone we chill. We weren't around, okay? We're not okay. old enough. We are not of that vintage. Okay. Do you remember not, those two Not skates? quite that vintage, okay? But I will say— I do remember Ilya Zuvov, who was fire, yeah. but Carlson's kind of—it's different. Yeah. So, Eric Carlson, for those that remember our, our podcast not too long ago, was traded from Ottawa to— the San Jose Sharks, and helped them on their run all the way to the uh, conference finals of the Western variety. Ousted, and he had a nice little Instagram post thanking this. He said he said his goodbyes. Said his goodbyes. And a report surfaced just actually before, because perfect timing, always before the podcast. From the Ottawa Suns, uh, Don Brennan. That Eric Carlson is hoping to receive offers from the Sens and the Montreal Canadiens since his wife would like to be closer to home. i just like to point out, you know, if you wanted to stay in Ottawa, maybe you should have signed the extension. Would you have signed in that no. disaster? No. No goaltender? No. Nothing to no, like? no, 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 no. Okay. But, I mean, now when he's talking about his wife wanting to be close to home, maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you did. Maybe it was part of the grand scheme of things because, Stephen, I'm – Currently looking up how long it, it takes to go from Ottawa to Montreal. <laughs> and it is a dra- two hour and 21 minute drive. And I'm guessing half of that is spent in Montreal traffic because it is an absolute disaster there. Not to mention Eric Carlson. It's got a little, little bit of cash. Probably afford to, you know, if Melinda wanted to travel. Well, the train's faster. They could probably even fly her there. They probably fly her there. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I don't even know. I'm not even saying private. You can fly like 
How much really do you think it's going to cost to fly from Montreal to Ottawa? That's like, what, a 20-minute flight? You know they run those flights. They're those pr- exist. They're probably like a $75 flight. You know what I mean? Like, and the, the $75 to pay one of the staff members. <laughs> to pay the pilot who's to, taking you. Yeah, exactly. There is no, there's no flight attendants because no, you're, you're only on there for 15 yeah, minutes. You get, you get handed a beverage when you walk on the plane with a cookie. On the tarmac. On the tarmac. You get handed a, a beverage and a cookie. you gotta toss your you got to toss your bag into the plane. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like the bus. You toss it underneath. Yeah. You walk up the stairs. <laughs> exactly. And you got to be careful when you step in those planes because they're not little. They're little planes and you like your head. It hurts. I've done it. It's not pleasant. <laughs> I thought I had a concussion. But this presents an interesting thing for one Angela Lippa. Yes, I'm using, I'm speaking of myself in the third person. <laughs> because you've heard my stance on Eric Carlson. I believe that he's a fantastic offensive player. But there's something about his game that I do not particularly like, and that is his defensive side of the game because I am a man who plays defense. Not at the level that he does, but I appreciate a good defensive hockey player. But you have Carl Osner. He's in Laval. And but he but you want to talk they about are a having guy who's, Carl, a, who's a defensive defenseman. They're having Carl Osner bobblehead night in Laval <laughs> at Place Belle, okay? Him and Xavier Roulette, okay? Now... It's kind of... It feels like... The whole, when Claude Julien came back to the Montreal Canadiens, for a long time I looked at it and I'm like, I despise you. I hate you. And I don't want you ever near my team. And now he's here and he's done some pretty good things. With Eric Carlson, I feel like, I don't know, he might be able to help a certain thing that has happened to be anemic for the Montreal Canadiens, especially last year. He is a power play specialist. Yes. I know. You are aware? I'm very aware of it. I watched him do it to the Canadians a few times. If the Montreal Canadiens sign Eric Carlson, with all this cap space that they happen to have, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what my reaction is going to be. It'll be cool. It'll be funny because we get Ottawa's old franchise player to come be a part of our franchise and maybe get do the thing that he couldn't do in Ottawa because he'll have Shea Weber. Now, I want to know who's going to play the left and right side. I guess Weber's going to play the left. Uh, I don't know about that because uh, remember the issues? You know how they didn't actually play together, Burns and Carlson? I know. I don't think that these two would play together either. I also think you might have a few issues on the power play similar to the Burns and Carlson issues where, you know, one of them likes to shoot it a lot. The other one likes to skate with it a lot. Having both of them at the point at the same time. I don't know. These are issues you can deal with after the fact, though, if you get Eric Carlson. Because if it happens, if this is Mark Bergevin's play. The summer of Bergevin. The summer of Bergevin begins again. It's it's, It's funny because if you remember, people have been listening with us uh, since – so Last year around this time. Yeah. Summer Bergevin was actually centered around uh, a number 91 who happens to play in the city we record this podcast in. If you flip the nine. He wears blue and white, not blue, white, and red. If you flip the nine and you make it a one. What? No, he doesn't wear 61. Never no, mind. he wears 65. Neither, no way does that work. We can try. 
I can try. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> That's maybe, maybe Marky B without the glasses is thinking, yeah, it's kind of the same. <laughs> Whatever. Close enough. He's like this. He's like, yeah, that feels like a six. Yeah, it's close enough. All right, let's go. <laughs> That's what he's probably doing. Uh, what I, I don't know how to feel about this. It's a report. But reports in Montreal go like wildfire, okay? Because it's the Ottawa Sun, it's not the Gazette, it's not the Post, it's not someone from TSN, it's not Arpin Basu from The Athletic, it is someone at the Ottawa Sun. And the Toronto Sun's bad enough. And I believe that his wife will probably want to be closer to home. I'm, I'm sure she was homesick. And for Eric Carlson, I'm sure he wants to make sure that his wife is as comfortable as humanly possible. And... What better way than Montreal? Well, Ottawa. Because that's where she's from. But do you want to play there? That's the thing. You know what? You know your old team? They're like an ex-girlfriend. Sometimes you don't go back for a reason. Sometimes there's good <laughs> reunions, though. Sometimes, I, I'll admit, you go back to an ex-girlfriend, there's good reunions. But sometimes there's bad reunions. And this could be a bad reunion. Because... Mm-hmm. Really want to play for DJ Smith? Or would you rather play for Claude Julian? That's I don't know, though. Question. I don't know, because I'm a little scared. Something's going to happen. I can smell it. <laughs> I can sense it. Bergie's going to do something. And, and, and Bergie's going to do something, and he's going to get flacked either way. I'm just going to throw this out there before we go away. We talked about this. The other free agent defenseman. No! Happens to shoot from the no! left side. Not happening! Said, no, Montesto. Hey, where's 51? No! Jake Gardner. No. Please no. If you're going to go sign a defenseman, Bergevin, sign Carlson. I'll deal with the defense. But but Jake could play with Weber. I'll deal with the defense. Plus, they have other prospects coming up. Like, you got to be careful. Just don't sign Jake Gardner, please, Mark. Mark. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've stood by you. All right, good and bad. Occasionally, I've called you out. Please do not go and sign Jake Gardner. Please don't do this. You'll get killed, guys. You'll get killed like it, it'll. It, you'll get killed. Because all you have to do, Mark, just go look in Laval. All right. They'll be having bobblehead for night for him, and I will be there to get that bobblehead. Oh, that'd be amazing. I'd love a Carl Osner Laval Rockets so ball. Add that to your uh, collection downstairs. Put it on the collection. With the pops you got? The pops and uh, War Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Habs. But that's all the time we have for this week. I know we didn't get to the baseball draft, but I guess we'll do a little recap of it next week. Oh, yeah. Once everything, because we got the other rounds going today. The first yeah. round went uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. First and second round, actually. Yeah, first and, and second. And now we're going into the next 75. Like, there's literally, like, do them in there's, like, like 50, dra- 50 rounds in the MLB draft. They just keep going. But this is also where there's some interesting guys, guys that slip. They might sign above slot because they get taken in the second round and are given yeah. more money. But we'll get to that next week. Sounds good. This is the Last Word Podcast. I'm Steve Artabello. I'm Angelo Leppa. See you next time. See ya! Trying to drop by, I'ma hop out on feet. Bring your bitch ass up the street. Bring your bitch ass up the street. Bring your bitch ass up the street. Stop making songs, get off the phone. Bring your ass on, it's been too long. I got a hundred round drum on the cake.
I shoot at niggas, I don't shoot at home Why that boy hatin' cause that nigga pussy Send me a step but don't send me no rookie You whole nigga lucky that I'm good at rap Cause I would've been came and seen about that cabin I would've been came and seen about that action That's how he feel, he gon' stand on it I'm up in as soon as my hand on it